right. Good afternoon. Good uh, evening, morning, wherever you're at. Uh, welcome to the Jam Growth Podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're going to a meeting with RJ Zimmerman. Yeah, that's a long, cool name. So he's a pretty cool fellow. So uh, let's, uh, let's dive in. He's a, a father of two. He's a seasoned, lived experience and educator who um, basically is a sobriety coach. He's battled alcoholism and he finally beat it, which we're very proud of, which he could be a, a testament to others on his journey on how he became sober and is uh, giving back to the community and connecting others and trying to help them on their journey to to get better, not just alcohol and drugs, but just, just in life in general. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, RJ and I'm going to first question, uh, welcome to the, the podcast and uh, just give me a quick, quick background about yourself and uh, we'll just go from there. Thanks for having me. It's uh, awesome being here, Jeremy. So, um, so a little background. I have not drank in oh nine and a half years. Um, I quit because I wanted to start a family, and then it turned into it was the best thing for me. And the reason that like I have been on this, especially like mental health journey, the past three years, is because I want to be the best father I can be to my two boys and. I want to give them something that um, none of my parents, grandparents, great grandparents uh, were given in terms of a parent. And that's just being there present with them and imparting some knowledge onto them that uh, I wish that I knew in a way that isn't going to beat their self-esteem into the ground. And by sharing my experience, by creating spaces for um, people who don't want to drink, they just want to take a night off. They just they want to break from alcohol. It is a little bit selfish because I want to be able to create these spaces for myself and also for my kids. But I also understand how isolating it can be when you go out to get something to eat and you have to order a soda or an iced tea or water. And there's nothing else that's really good there. Or it's the old skunky O'Doul's that has been sitting there for two years and has the dust on the bottle. And you're like, am I really going to drink this? So trying to create these spaces where people know they can go, they can have a really great drink. They can feel like they're a part of everything that's going on is really important to me. And I've already seen the benefits from people when they come out to um, meet up group or even going out to eat and trying these drinks. And they're like, you're telling me I can get something that tastes this good and it doesn't have alcohol in it. And it's like, yep. And they're like, okay, that, that really changes things for me. That's a, that's very, very interesting. You talk about uh, how the, the drinks taste the same. They're still good. It's like when, you know, when they first, it's like over time, you know, they talk about, you know, gluten-free this, veganess or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, it's, I've not actually had a non-alcoholic uh, drink before or oh, the dusty old duels that probably could be in a museum somewhere because it's been <laughs> sitting there so long. Uh, but no, I've, you know, it's, I think about, you know, the first time I had a cauliflower pizza from Aldi, right? I was like, I can eat cauliflower crust pizza. That's, that's dumb, but it tastes just the same. Um, I was like, wow. Hey, this is healthier for me. It's better for my mind, better for my, you know, trying to lose weight, but it's the same process. Alcohol in sense, it 
you know, puts on weight and all the stuff besides, you know, not getting drunk and, you know, the stuff that pertains to that. It's just, it helps, you know, can be a weight loss journey too. He's, and he can still go out and enjoy. Uh, uh, one thing, you know, it's uh, after, you know, talking with you and stuff like that, uh, you know, you talk about alternative happy hours and stuff like that. What is, can you explain to the, to the listeners, I was going to say readers, the listeners <laughs> to uh, listeners, what exactly alternative happy hour is that with alternative grunge music from the nineties or what is it? Yeah, I actually, that is where I kind of got the name for it. So <clears throat> I went, I approached a restaurant. I'd met an owner and I asked if he ever thought about carrying some craft brewed NA beer. There's some really great IPAs and lagers and ales out there that are non-alcoholic. And I brought some into sample and he said, no, but let's try them. See how good they are. And we tried them and they blew our minds. And I talked about having a happy hour that you still sell the alcohol, but you can the deals are on the non-alcoholic drinks so that it can highlight the non-alcoholic drinks. And you're also going to create a menu that has better tasting drinks because you have this deal going on. So it can highlight for other restaurants and things like that. So talking with the general manager, he didn't want to have a sober happy hour or alcohol-free happy hour, non-alcoholic happy hour. And I agreed because there's a stigma that's attached to that. So I was actually looking through playlists and I saw alternative, uh, alternative rock playlist. And it's like, you know what? Alternative. That's a good, that's a good name for a happy hour. And then instead of calling them mocktails, because it kind of takes away from how good the drinks are, because they really are cocktails, um, call them alt cocktails. And so you don't have that stigma. Like you're drinking it because you, there's a problem or you're drinking it because there's an issue you're drinking it because it tastes delicious and that's it. And that's really kind of a journey to get to that point that I hope that people start to take and run with. That's a, that's a good point. You know, it's when you hear a mock, you all, all, all of a sudden just hear a negative connotation and that's not what it is. It's just a different Avenue. It's, just, you know, there's a fork in a road. You take the, you take the left path instead of the right path, depending if you're, you know, which way you want to go. Uh, it just gives a, another alternative for individuals to enjoy, enjoy their friends. And they don't, they can feel their, they don't drink water or soda or pop. Whatever you want to, wherever part of the country you're at right now, um, I will call it pop because I'm from the Midwest and you can just deal with it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so it's okay. Life will go on. The sun will come up tomorrow. Right. But uh, so, you know, we talk about the, you know, the, the starting point and you talked about your why, but you know, in that, in your journey of becoming sober, right, and not drinking, what were some of the pitfalls that you, with the barriers that you had? Because, you know, it wasn't, I just, you know, you know, there's times where you quit, but you still want it. And you, you know, did you have flash flashbacks or, or you know, you know, I'm yeah. trying to go, go with cravings. Here. Yeah, cravings. There you go. Um, yeah, actually the biggest craving that I experienced was a year ago, eight and a half years sober. And, um, I'm going through a divorce right now. And so I realized I'm staying in a hotel with a, uh, group of friends and I'm single. And it's like, I've never been single and not drinking before. 
what the hell do I do? And so I'm thinking to myself, I can make some bad decisions and nobody will know about it, like at all. And then I realized, what would that get me? Like, um, <clears throat> you know, through AA and um, different forms of recovery, you hear play the tape to the end. Okay. So if I have a drink, I get drunk. What is going to happen? How am I going to feel the next day, the next two days? How am I going to feel about myself? Like, is it really worth it to, you know, try and get someone's number who you're probably not going to date anyway? No, it's not. So I'm going to have to find different ways to do that. And with that, um, I also experienced like with friends trying to go out and hang out with them. I would still hang out with uh, friends who drank. I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin, so you are not going anywhere if it's not a bar. And that includes restaurants out to eat because most of the good restaurants are bars. Mm -hmm. And you have to be, you have to become okay with being around alcohol. And sometimes my friends would be like, Oh, come on. You can just have one. You can have one. It'd be okay. And I didn't know this at the time, but it was because it was making them uncomfortable that I used to be the drunkest one there. And now I'm not drinking at all. So if I'm not drinking at all, does that mean like uh, they feel uncomfortable because I'm not drinking? Um, and that has nothing to do with me. And that's, but that's really difficult to get to. So to start, it's just, nah, I'll just drive I'll, and take pride in the fact that you're helping your friends get home safely. Or, you know, nah, I gotta, I'm going to go home early so I can wake up early and do something that I've been wanting to do for a while without a hangover, right? Or you will actually wake up when you want it to. <laughs> so start small and build yourself up just basically the the one foot forward right you're going to take one you know you're going to take some steps you might take a step back but you got to move forward right you're still farther than where you were before that's the that's absolutely the, that's the that's the theory right um so so my question is in relationships do you find your did you find your relationship with your kids and your family different now since you uh haven't you know had an alcoholic drink in nine ten years um i would say what not drinking really did for me was it highlighted um some of my, some of the areas of disconnection in my life so i've always had a somewhat tenuous relationship with my parents and um and my siblings and so there were times where it was easier because I would be there when I said I would be there. I wouldn't miss things that I used to miss, but it was almost like I wouldn't put up with a lot of the putting me down or telling me I'm wrong like I used to. And so where there was one good, it was also one kind of challenge to work on. And that did carry over with friendships too. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie. When you stop drinking, you do lose people that you thought were your friends, but it turns out they were just drinking buddies. And, you know, that's fairly well known, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. That doesn't mean that you don't feel abandoned or um, like nobody understands and nobody gets you. And you are, you are going to feel that. And I was very lucky that um, the woman I was dating who turned into my wife when I quit drinking was not a very big drinker. She grew up in Missouri and she would have, she would drink maybe once a month and have a couple of drinks and that was good. And she wasn't, wasn't a big wine drinker. Wasn't a big, you know, any kind of honestly nightlife even. So that did help. And it, it did make my relationship 
with her a heck of a lot better. It's made me being able to show up as a parent constantly because I'm always able to be of sound mind. So I don't have to plan when I'm going to pick them up from school to meet the guys. Or if I go out to play softball, I don't have to worry about, you know, how I'm going to get home and what time I have to wake up to get them and things like that. Cause uh, even if I go to bed at one, two in the morning, I'm going to be okay. When I wake up, I might be a little tired and groggy, but I'm not going to be in a hangover and not sure where I am or what I'm doing. Um, where it really helped was I was a high voltage line tech and we're on call 24 seven. And so not drinking, I was always available. I was always able to go out and work and they could really depend on me getting out there. And I saw some really cool things and it really helped me with my troubleshooting and problem solving. And it helped me kind of uh, move up in the eyes of the of my peers and the company a little bit too. And I ended up becoming a lead line tech, a foreman um, pretty early in my career because of it. So that's always good, especially with a, you know, I was, you know, we mentioned this, but you live in Norfolk, Virginia, um, home of the world's largest Navy base. Uh, And there's hurricanes and nor'easters and all that good stuff. So you're a busy, busy, busy Busy guy, yep. Um, uh, especially starting uh, June first, right through November. <laughs> um, it's just, do you ever have any? Uh, quite, do you, so do you ever, ever? You know, like every Labor Day, there's always a nor'easter or something like that. Do you do you plan stuff, or you just automatically know you're going to work it? You're going to be working that weekend. You know, that's. Um, I just what well, I plan when I plan. I don't really let uh, the dates really take too much, but yep. you know, I do. So in Wisconsin, when it was opening a deer season, there mm. were, that was a day that I didn't plan anything around because I was going to be the only one on because I, A, didn't drink and B, uh, I didn't hunt. So yeah, that is like the the only time where I would not plan things around. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, you know, your journey has been, you know, it's been, it's, you know, been a rocky road and, but you're, you know, it's positive aspects, but so besides relationships, uh, what other other positive, what other things you got uh, going on? Um, you know, we'll wrap this up here in a minute. But what other things you got going on right now um, that is connecting with the community in Norfolk? And actually, uh, obviously, I'm in Iowa, so we've we connected connected that way. It's funny that we're both uh, Midwesterners and just have to, you know, I won't say we're rivals, but you know, you're the mitten, <laughs> you're the mitten, I'm in the mid- middle, but that's cool. But uh, what other what events you got going on with with ideas you got happening what other stuff that would you like people to know that's going on in in your world of untapped keg and all that stuff yeah so um i actually have a free men's group through untapped keg as an alcohol free life coach and um you know i you hear alcohol free life coaching and probably think you have to give up alcohol and go alcohol free but really it's just it evaluating your relationship with alcohol. What is it? You're, are you drinking too much? Do you want to cut back? Do you want to try to get to a point where you're cutting in half? Do you want to cut it out completely? Like whatever I can help you with that. But the men's group is free and that's just a place that people can express their feelings, learn, make mistakes with no judgment. And you know, that in its own is actually technically a safe space, right? So just, 
being able to share my journey, being able to share my vulnerability so that people can see that you can talk about things, that you can uh, work ways to better yourself and it's not an inherently negative thing. And then on top of that, um, if you use Meetup, uh, it's a group meeting app. I have a group called Alcohol Free and Free. And all that that is, is uh, events that are not taking place around alcohol. So like, you know, if there's like a paint and sip, like we'll do a paint and sip, but it will be with non-alcoholic drinks or uh, we'll go get coffee on a Saturday, just a bunch of people and half the people that come, they still drink. They just want events and to meet people outside of alcohol. And that has been really, really amazing too. Gotcha. So, all right. Uh, so how can, how can folks get a hold of you if they want to, if they, you know, the more, you know, right. And knowing's half the battle in the words of GI Joe, um, how can uh, folks find you? Yeah. So if you go to untappedkeg.com or if you go on social media under untapped keg, all my DMS are open and you would be able to uh, reach me on those. And then it's just R J just an R and a J at untappedkeg.com if you want to shoot me an email and ask some questions. Um, and like you said, I have a podcast about sobriety and mental health as well called Untapped Keg. So you can follow things over there as well. I should cut my, I got a question, you know, uh, that's an interesting, that's a great name, a great name for a, you know, a podcast and stuff like that. So uh, folks reach out to them. If you got, everybody has a, Everybody has six, you know, the Kevin Bacon six degrees theory. Everybody has something who's dealing with some kind of alcohol problem. Uh, get in contact with RJ and, you know, let's try to try to help help us get sober. And, you know, you, we're not going to go a fully non-alcoholic society, but it'd be kind of kind of cool you know to, to reduce it and reduce drunk driving and all the stuff that goes along with uh that happens with alcohol so i uh, rj i appreciate your time um it was great speaking with you it's a great story you have a great story and you know we'll uh, uh meet up again and, uh, and uh, folks have a great morning noon or night and thanks for listening to jam growth podcast and we'll make you a better version of you.